I am Michael Smalley, and you are tuning in live, hopefully, on Facebook for the 28 states from Jesus that will, will transform your marriage. And this is day two. And I'm excited about doing this. I hope you all enjoy this. I've decided to begin this at 7 a.m. every morning. So hopefully I will be consistent with that. But if you've known me or listened to the podcast, you know that I can sometimes be a little inconsistent. So, hey, and if you're interested, I've now I'm creating a uh, course um, on our site at smalleyinstitute.com. That should be done today. So you can sign up for the course at smalleyinstitute.com where it will be called the 28 Statements from Jesus that will transform your marriage. But I will have the the notes of the devotional. It'll have the questions. And if you are watching on Facebook Live, I have the questions on this live stream. So I'm not entirely sure how um, how you find those, but I've actually, um, you know, every day I am going to... Uh, Ah, here we go. I'm opening them now. So, well, all right then. So there's three questions. I even have a couple of polls today, but let's get let's get going on this thing. Um, all right. So today's statement from Christ that can transform your marriage is uh, from Matthew four seventeen, and today is about repent, repenting. So if you, you know, yesterday was about following Christ and the transformational power of his words and why we want to love him. And out of that love for Christ, we want to obey him and all of his commands are going to are going to bless and and help your relationship and frankly, any relationship, obviously. But today we're going to focus in on repenting. So Matthew 417, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. A true disciple is not first a learner or first a reader of Jesus's words. You have to be a doer, and I kind of hinted at that yesterday, that following Christ is not about a salvation prayer. It's about action. So you have to be a doer. In verse 19 of Matthew 4, Jesus says, come follow me. So the first command of Jesus's public ministry was repent. So I would imagine that that was intentional, that Christ was like, look, if, if you don't start at repentance, especially as you, when you first begin to follow me, then you're going to have problems. So that was his actual first public command. Jesus, and, and here's why, okay, here's at least what I believe. Why, why, why does he command us to repent? Because Jesus desires an inward change because nothing else will stick if you don't first address who you, because you are the biggest problem in your relationship. And until you understand that, and, and, and it shows that you don't understand it. If you refuse to repent from the wrong that you commit against your spouse and and remember, this life is broken and things are not going to go well. And you're going to, you're going to do things that are hurtful and you're going to say things that are hurtful. So it, it's, it's not okay to sin, but you have to be, you have to understand that. But when I do blow it, 
when I do make a mistake, when I have made a wrong, my my desire, my heart, and if I'm truly following him, has to be to repent. I have to be able to go to that person and say, hey, I want to make this right. So Jesus knows that if you're going to, if you're really going to have a marriage worth living, worth experiencing, then repentance needs to be a priority of yours. So here's your here's your actions, because, you know, Jesus said, hey, you need to repent. And then like next, he's going, come follow me. So your action needs to be immediate, right? This is not something that you want to wait and mull over and Jesus, and this is awkward and I'm embarrassed of what I did. Your action needs to be immediate. In verse 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. So when Christ said, come follow me, right, to the fishermen, they immediately dropped their nets and followed him. And that's Christ's expectation of you. A friend's wife uh, was actually, yeah, it's in California, a friend's wife. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm just now actually remembering this illustration. <laughs> that's funny. A friend's wife was given a sermon where she shared basically the same advice because it's what she did. She was miserable in life. She was in, she was, she was addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, and nothing was going good in her life. And so one day she's driving by this church and she was so desperate that she just kind of pulled over to the church and, and went in for help. And the only person that was there at the time at the church was the janitor. How crazy is that? And the janitor tells her to repent. He's like, look, you're miserable because you're living actively in, in some really destructive sin. Your first job is repent from what you're doing. And then, and I thought this was really interesting, and then go tell everyone that you now believe in Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? She had, she had, her life was forever changed. She's now a pastor, married to a pastor. They run a church in Southern California. And she, she went from a life. So I don't care where your relationship is. I don't care how stressed out it is. There is hope. There's always hope in Christ. Lives can change if you're willing to repent from the nonsense and the destruction that you're creating in your relationship because Christ promises he's going to redeem you. He's going to bring healing to your life. So repent is to turn from sin and dedicate oneself to the amendment of one's life. So it, repentance is not saying, I'm sorry, and then just keep doing the same thing. Now, I understand. I, trust me. I get, I get addiction. And, and I know what it's like to feel powerless. And before it was food and, and you know, more recently, it's uh, been alcohol. And the, the, the problem when you're out of balance or when you're addicted to something is you know, you know it's hurting your relationship. It's wounding your spouse and it's wounding your children and it's and and it's it's like constant chaos. And you don't have to be embarrassed of your sin. You don't have to be ashamed of your sin. Do you have to be convicted? Uh-huh. Do you have to do something about it? Do you have to make a change? Yeah. So you can't just say sorry and then and then have a heart that's like, well, but you know. I'm still going to be doing this, so whatevs. That's not repentance. There's a beautiful psalm, uh, Psalms 51 
and it's one through 17. And I'm, I'm actually going to uh, read the whole thing for this morning's devotional. Sorry, I had to get a drink. Ha, huh, that's funny. It's Diet Pepsi, just to clarify. Psalms 51, 1 through 17. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. Ooh, repentance. It haunts me day and night against you, and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. And that's a big part of how repentance is going to impact your relationship. Is it is as you as you live in repentance and as you're committed to repenting, then the joy starts coming back into your life. I've experienced that. So don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart of God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. God. Then I will teach your ways to rebels, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Listen to that last line of, of the Psalms. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. That's, you know, for those who are watching and then those who are going to be watching later and those who will be listening to this on, on audio or the podcast, one of the evil ones' easiest tricks or strategies against your life, because remember, evil, is, their, their sole purpose for their existence is to destroy you. That's, that's a problem. And so what many times that strategy is to fill you with such shame and doubt that maybe you're really doing something that is truly awful and, and don't believe the lies that God can't take you back, that God's not going to forgive this. This was too big. This was too bad. Remember, and I've shared this before, that the, the remarkable thing about God's mercy is and that he takes delight in giving us mercy the craziest part of that is he can only give mercy when we're being terrible. He can only give mercy when we're being terrible, and yet he takes delight in that, which means he, he gets so excited when, when you come to him with your brokenness and your sin and just repent. That's the kind of God that, that you can have a genuine relationship with. So how does repentance help your relationship? I mean, really? Do I have to spell it out? If you're not right with God, and you're not, when you live in unrepentance, when you're not right with God, you are not right with each other. The benefits of repenting is we become more mature and we gain wisdom so we don't keep messing up like we've been doing. We are forgiven, which also helps us forgive others. So when I 
when I repent and I receive God's forgiveness, that then empowers me to be able to eat, to forgive my spouse or my partner much easier. And then when, when you repent, it's like we can no longer be comfortable in our brokenness. So it's, it's convicting, right? Repentance is acknowledging that, no, this is not okay, which means I'm, I'm, not, I'm no longer comfortable behaving this way. Our respect and commitment to God increases when we, have, when we, when we repent. C.S. Lewis once said, now repentance is no fun at all. No, it's not. Self-actualization, being honest with yourself, is difficult. It is something much harder than merely eating humble pie. It means unlearning all the self-conceit and self-will that we have been training ourselves into for thousands of years. It means undergoing a kind of death. In fact, it needs a good man to repent. And here's the catch. Only a bad person needs to repent. Only a good person can repent perfectly. The worse you are, the more you need it, and the less you can do it. The only person who could do it perfectly would be a perfect person, and he would not need it. Love C.S. Lewis. So here's three questions for each other. Um, so it's it's good to read the word and to hear the word, but you also want to act on it, and you want to process it with each other. So uh, again, these three questions will be on the website. I actually have a link to the post where you can read the notes and, and go over these questions with each other at a later time. But the three questions are, uh, let's take it easy on each other because this first one is tough, right? So when I say let's take it easy, like be kind, be gentle, be patient. Uh, your relationship might be at a place right now that you just can't. And, and that's okay. That's what I mean. Like chill. If you're not ready to do this, well, don't, don't do it, but start trying to build a heart where you can do this. So talk to each other and ask, but would you be willing to pray for the next three days and ask God specifically if there is something we need to repent of to God and each other? So th- there are times, man, where we're sinning and, and we're completely unaware. Uh, a lot of times it's going to be pride. So if you're really struggling with pride, typically you don't know you are, but you know if you believe, the Holy Spirit will convict you and he'll go, dude, you're a punk. You're acting like one of the Pharisees. This is a religion to you, not a relationship. So spend the next three days praying and, and you can do that independently or you can do that together. Second question. Is there something I'm unaware of that I need to seek forgiveness with you? So that's a question that you you ask each other. Just, you know, again, be humble, be gentle, be kind, be patient. Um, if it's really something very hurtful, then, you know, be, be thoughtful. Be careful with your words. This is not a time to have attitude and your tone matters. So is there, so ask each other, is there something I'm unaware of that I need to seek forgiveness with you? And then thirdly, why do you think repentance is difficult? That should be a good conversation. And and remember, keep it personal. So don't go, well, you struggle with repentance because you're a turd. That's not the point of these questions. So remember, you can check out the notes at smalleyinstitute.com. 
and I'll even make the audio available for download and it will be on the podcast as well. 